0: Carmi Levy uh, is our expert on Tech Tuesdays, talking about all things tech. Good morning, Carmi. How are you doing? Good morning, John. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Carmi, it's an important birthday today, one that I find these kinds of birthdays, I mean, when you hear, you know, even my own age, I sort of go, my God, could I possibly be that of that age? But I think it is quite something for a lot of people to think about Facebook turning 20 years old. Uh, extraordinary. Hard to believe. I mean, it almost seems
1: like yesterday, but, uh, you know... and. And it seems like that time has flown. I remember when Facebook was launched and I remember thinking, this would be something cool for me to have, but we couldn't have it. It launched in February 2004, but it was only available to the rest of us two years later for the first two years. You had to be a university student. You had to have a university domain. But once it went global, it really became the social media experience. In other words, for many people, this was the start of the social media era, even though there were other social media services beforehand. So for example, Friendster, MySpace were around before Facebook showed up, but
0: really, Facebook's the one that drove it mainstream and made it real uh, for better or for worse. Well, before I ask you where it fits into the sort of pantheon today, uh, because we talked about that quite a lot when I was in politics in terms of using social media to reach people, but I do remember, because you just shake your head, that I had a couple of people say to me, because I was thinking of buying the stock when it went public, and they, oh, no, Mm this will never last. It won't work. It's a (laughs) flash in the pan. won't work. And oh, my God, if I'd done that, I mean, I don't know if I'd be sitting here at uh, five before seven o'clock in the morning having got up at uh, before four but having said all that it's been a big success but where does it fit today? I know in politics they told me that you know in terms of communicating with people because obviously I used all of the platforms to communicate with the millions of people that live in Toronto that I was serving but they were saying that you know Facebook had had kind of gravitated itself to a certain demographic and it wasn't the people who were kind of at the forefront of, of, uh, of, of social media anymore but it was still obviously there and a huge presence and still a very big, successful company, but where does it fit in the sort of pantheon of social media? It has certainly aged out to a certain degree. After 20 years, the folks
1: who were using Facebook at the beginning, it was was a university age thing from a Harvard dorm room. Uh, They have now aged out. Those those younger users are now a lot older. Uh, Many of them are still using it, but certainly the ones who have replaced them, like our kids, our grandchildren, they're not using Facebook to the same degree. They're using TikTok. They're using Snapchat. uh, And that's where their digital town hall is. And so Facebook really has has become kind of a, a demographic gray hair zone to a certain degree. And doesn't mean that it isn't successful. The network is still significantly larger, but the, the type of engagement is very different than it used to be. And of course, Meta, the company, formed as a holding company that now owns Facebook, the app, the platform, owns Instagram, the app. They're looking in other directions. They realize nothing lasts forever. We're not going to be using Facebook, the app, the service forever. So they're pushing into the metaverse. They're pushing into uh, artificial intelligence. They're pushing into other uh, markets, other businesses, because they can't rely on us uh, updating our feeds till the end of time. We've already moved on to
0: something else. Yeah, it's kind of like newspapers. Uh, so one of the areas they might be pushing into is uh, uh, autonomous cars. But I see here that a Tesla driver was arrested for using Apple Vision Pro while cruising in a car on autopilot.
1: It didn't take very long. The Vision Pro went on sale on Friday, on February 2nd. And on Friday, this video appeared. Gentlemen, by the name of Dante Lantini showed himself at the wheel of a car. There was a cop next to him. He claimed he was being arrested. In the end, he says it was just a skit, but it really is part of a broader kind of narrative. We're seeing videos like this pop up all over the social media space of Tesla drivers. And to be fair to Tesla drivers, also non-Tesla drivers, at the wheels of their vehicles with these Vision Pro headsets on their heads, uh, claiming to be driving with them on. Apple, for the record, explicitly says, do not wear this while driving. You are distracted. It's like using a smartphone. But of course, it's going viral. It will make you popular. I guess people are willing to risk, uh, you know, getting a ticket, being hauled over by the cops for viral social media fame.
0: This is the age we live in. It sure is. And and the police are becoming more ingenious by the day by just, let me. It's not so ingenious, but they're driving like pickup trucks and unmarked cars that just pull up beside you and, you know, leave alone wearing uh, the uh, Apple Vision Pro headset. There's just people talking on and texting on their phone. And all of a sudden they looked across and the guy's kind of pointing at them going, gotcha. Uh, $25 million uh, seems like a lot uh, to be paid out after a deep fake uh, video call. Tell us about that a finance
1: worker at a multinational firm, not uh, disclosed. Hong Kong police aren't saying exactly who this individual is or what company they work for, uh, but attended a video conference. And how many of us sit in on Zoom meetings or Microsoft team meetings every day? And it was with the senior leadership team of his company, or so he thought. uh, They convinced him to wire $25 million to them as part of the meeting. He thought it was all in the up and up. When he called the head office, he realized he was and talking to real people that he worked with or for, he was talking to AI-generated deepfakes uh, and the money is now gone. And so it illustrates hey, just how sophisticated deepfakes have become that if you can fool people into believing that they're talking to their colleagues on a Zoom call, uh, this is unprecedented. And it's also just the scale. $25 million lost to a deepfake. I mean, we all, we've all we all heard stories of people we know who've lost a few hundred here, a few hundred there to a deepfake. Uh, maybe the grandparent scam, but 25 million dollars it shows that criminals are raising their game using more sophisticated tools making a lot more money in
0: the process and unfortunately now you got to worry about it at work too And having run a big company, it shows a real problem with the approval process Where some person, no matter who it is, can approve 25 million bucks based on some Zoom call. But anyway, we move on. And in our last minute, can you tell us about the most common phishing emails of 2023? This is really a public service so people can watch for these things because I know when I get them myself, I'm not immediately aware sometimes that that's what they are. Yeah, there's comes to us from a company called code defense there. They do email security,
1: and they kind of looked at the kinds of phishing messages that we get designed to get us to click on a link that we shouldn't click on and to try to identify the themes So we know what to look for. So their big sort of common themes are finance. So, you know, Click on this invoice, here's the the notification for this payment, you need to make this payment, click here. Um, notification, so your password's about to expire. Uh, you have an appointment, click here to book it. Uh, click here to do this action that is required immediately, it's very urgent. Uh, shipping, you got a delivery, there's a package waiting for you, or we tried to deliver it to you, click here to re- arrange uh, reshipping so we can get it to you at a convenience time. And then something, you know, fill out, the, they call it response, it's a re- elicit a response to a query. Uh, so you know, we fill out this survey. We want to hear from you; have your voice heard. Um, other sort of, you know, lesser lesser uh, categories: uh, your benefits, uh, benefit statement, taxes. You hear it from the CRA. Job applications—that's small, but it's growing—and also real estate uh, offerings and deals. It, it shows that there's a huge diversity in the kinds of messages that fishers are using to to convince us to click on that link. Uh, and it shows that they too, just like the scammers who got the twenty five million dollars, they're getting more sophisticated and we've really got to look at Indeed. our inbox with suspicion. Exactly. Read it
0: twice and take a deep breath. Carmen
1: Levy, thanks mm-hmm. as
0: always. Always interesting.